This is a Federal News Network podcast. With billions of dollars in CARES Act funding yet to be spent, it's a little early to tell how effectively the Defense Department is spending its share of disaster funding. But according to the Pentagon's Inspector General, DOD and its auditors have more than enough experience to know the potential pitfalls of contracting during emergencies. In a new special report, OIG tries to outline what it considers the best practices for contracting under time pressure. For some of those lessons learned, Federal News Network's Jared Serbu spoke with the Assistant Inspector General for Audit Acquisition, Contracting and Sustainment, Teresa Hull. We've done significant work in the disaster relief and response arena. So we were able to pull pull forward some common themes that recurred in our oversight work. Those include communication and coordination, documentation, consistency in contracting processes and staffing and training. And, you know, I'd be remiss um, not to acknowledge the fact that we're pretty early in our oversight response. So DOD personnel um, has an opportunity to to improve processes and implement procedures to minimize the re- and reduce the chances of negative events occurring. Um, the government, of course, has learned in past emergency responses that it's easier to make sure expenditures are legitimate at the forefront before the money leaves the government than it is to get back misused funds. So the intent of our product was really to be as proactive as we can, put out information there for the contracting community to use as they move forward in this dynamic and ever-changing COVID-19 response environment. And trying to mine for lessons learned seemed like seems like it might have been a little bit of a challenge here because the department's never really faced something exactly like this. But 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 to what extent do previous emergencies that the department has had to deal with map on potentially to to this situation? Well, there are definitely some risks that are inherent um, in conducting this type of contracting during this emergency situation. One of the areas that we see is with documentation. Uh, documentation, you know, we understand that it documentation should not hold up response efforts, but the government needs to be able to establish clear requirements, develop accurate cost estimates, and make sure that the receipt of goods and services are what we what we wanted. Um, there's an increased risk that the contractor could provide different services than expected um, or modifications could later be required, which would increase costs if the if the documentation isn't isn't put together. Um, the government also later on would not have the documentation to reconcile billing. So documentation is critical. Um, also, because of the rapid pace that the support is being provided, the government may not have uh, adequately trained personnel in place to do everything required. At times, what we've seen is personnel that may not normally work in contracting are pulled to supplement the response, um, and therefore that those personnel may not be as familiar with pre-award or even post-award contracting functions. We acknowledge that DOD officials are under increased pressure to provide goods and services, in, in, and it is a very fast-paced, ever-changing environment right now with this pandemic. Um, but what contracting officers are experiencing right now are similar to pressures that were present during past disaster response and relief efforts. So again, our intent here was to highlight best practices and lessons learned that really span a significant uh, portion of time. Um, our reports go back for, go back to Hurricane Katrina in 2005, to the more recent hurricanes of last year with Florence and Irma. And we highlighted again the, the, the four areas that the DOD contracting community should, community should be aware of, um, communication and coordination, documentation, 
consistency in the contracting pro pro uh, process and staffing and training. And if DOD officials consider these areas um, and think about ways to mitigate them, um, they are going to potentially minimize the opportunities for fraud, waste, and abuse. And they, we all know that they have to over award and oversee a large number of contracts. And, you know, we're just at the beginning of that. So um, we, our hope was that this uh, report would give them a tool um, to properly execute the funds and um, provide them some lessons learned from the past. And one of the things you point out in this guide is that there are at least some parts of DOD who, who really set the department up for success by doing some advanced contracting, um, getting vehicles in place that could be leveraged kind of on a dime when needed. Can you describe some of that work and why it's helpful? Sure. The Army Corps of Engineers has global contingency construction contracts in place, and those contracts were used to build some of what you've seen, I'm sure, are the alternative care sites that have been put up for the coronavirus response. Um, these types of contracts could also be used to provide various operation centers, staging areas, um, and other, other similar, um, similar uh, staging sites that the federal government would need for command and control during the response. Um, the Army Corps of Engineers also has a contract in place to provide temporary power. Um, that, that contract is routinely used to provide power to hospitals when it cannot be generated using normal methods um, because it had been potentially interrupted because of a natural disaster. Um, another government or DOD agency, I should say, um, that, that has been proactive um, is the Defense Logistics Agency. They have a number of contracts in place to obtain medical supplies and personal protective equipment for normal DOD operations. Uh, federal agencies have used these contracts during the response to obtain this equipment. And as DOD begins to reopen, components that, don't, that ha had no previous need for this equipment are now dependent on the supplies to resume their operations. So if there's existing capacity on these contracts, it would lessen the need to obtain these supplies through new awards. Have you been able to draw any conclusions based on past work at, at how well DOD has done at communicating the availability of, of vehicles like this throughout the department and, and throughout the government? Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're pretty early on in our um, COVID-19 oversight response, so it's difficult to assess how well the department is communicating the availability of these contracts now. Um, however, the defense pricing and contracting um, they have a defense contingency contracting handbook. They also have a defense contingency contracting contracting officers representative handbook guide. And there are other resources that they have available um, to their contracting staff. So while I can't um, weigh in necessarily on how well it's being communicated, there are certainly resources out there and groups that have, are, are put in place to coordinate response efforts. One of the other issues you talk about is um, the, the use of undefinitized contract actions, which I think we've probably seen a lot of in, in the current circumstance. Um, can you talk a bit about when those are appropriate, when, when the department might need to leverage them, and, and some of the steps that, that officials can take to make sure that things don't go sideways when they're using those UCAs? So undefinitized contract actions are contract or for use when um, contract terms, specifications, or price are not agreed upon before performance has begun under the action. Oftentimes, you'll hear them referred to as letter contracts. 
and undefinitized contract actions are inappropriate to use when prices can be quickly negotiated and established. And the reason for that is that they are inherently risky contracting vehicles for the government for for a couple of reasons. Um, When undefinitized contract actions are put in place, the government could be in a sole source negotiation stance with a contractor. That could lead to higher prices for the government. And when the government has less negotiating power in a sole source environment, um, those goods and services are definitely going to come at a higher price tag. Um, Also, this is especially true when the goods and services have already been delivered or the work has been completed. Also, on undefinitized contract actions, the government reimburses all allowable costs to the contractor until the government and the contractor can come to an agreement on the terms, pricing, and profit for the contract, and that occurs at the actual contract definitization. Uh, The longer it takes the government and the contractor to come to that agreement, the more cost risk the government has to absorb for that particular contract. And what's unique in this environment, um, the government typically will reimburse the contractor uh, for allowable costs up to 50% of the contract's not to exceed amount prior to coming to an agreement on the terms pricing and profit. Um, But in this current environment, um, the limitations were waived for undefinitized contract actions that support COVID-19 national emergency. So while the, the waiver is necessary for the response, that the waiver of the threshold further removes the incentive for contractors to control their costs, and it's one of the main reasons that UCAs are needed to be definitized as quickly as possible. Teresa Hull, the Assistant DOD Inspector General for Audit Acquisition, Contracting, and Sustainment, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. <laughs> 